Hello and welcome to Mace of Origin, the Edge of the Crowds Rugby League podcast. I'm Jess Ross and joining us back after being away last week, it's Elliot Vesley. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate my spot being back. Yeah, we missed you, but I think Jackie and I soldiered on without you. Yeah, I'm happy to hear. So first, let's start with the NRL women's, as we always have season. So what did you think of the grand final, Elliot? Um, it was a great, great day uh, to start with. It was a beautiful day up in Morton Daly in Redcliffe. Um, I thought the fans did well to get out there in force, first of all. Uh, really made it a special day for all the girls that were playing in that game. And it, and it kind of really capped off what was a great NRLW season, what has been a historic season. So that was, you know, the first thing to comment about the game. Um, I thought everyone loves an underdog story. So the Roosters getting up on top is uh, perfect, is what is exactly what the the women's game needed. Um, I thought there was a lot of storylines out of that game, a bit of controversy that we've discussed. Um, But overall, it was just, yeah, it was just a great day for women's rugby league and the scenes afterwards with the girls uh, celebrating, it, it, it really was amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed the game. I really enjoyed everything around it. I thought, I'm always in two minds about should it be a standalone grand final or a doubleheader with the men's? I think there are legitimate reasons for both. I tend to argue standalone, and I think this is a good evidence that it could work. Yeah, no, I think the standalone does work. I think the main talking point of the match was near the end where Sarah Tonkatuki got injured and was being sent treatment from a trainer. Another player was standing where she was. That would have been an obstruction, but because she was receiving treatment, it wasn't. What were your thoughts on that situation? Um, I, I don't really have too many thoughts on the situation. These things do happen in the rugby league um, world. Uh, the NRL and the NRLW has apologised for it. Yeah, yes, it shouldn't have happened, but um, I don't know. For me, I, it wouldn't have changed the run of play, but you know, you can always say that. So it's it's a shame for the Dragons that that did happen. Um, but even if you take that try away from the Roosters, they still would have won. So, yeah, uh, I, I think it's just one of those unfortunate things. Yeah, absolutely. I think the play should have been stopped. Play should have absolutely been stopped in that situation. But I also don't think that it's a legitimate, the Dragons would, still wouldn't have won had it been stopped. Yeah. So yes, also a big congratulations to the Roosters for winning it. I think they've had a really exciting season. It's been a lot of fun. We'll discuss it more in the preview episode. But do you have any more final comments about that? No, it was just a, it, it, it was a great game. I mean, to, to both teams, um, it, it was amazing to see them there for the Roosters girls. I thought a lot of them were standout. Isabel Kelly, Jess Surges, uh, Yasmin Meeks, um, just had really good games and um, it was great to see the women's game flourishing again. And thoughts on Tommy Tukey taking out the Karen Murphy medal? Yeah, I thought it was a really close one. I thought there were a few girls out there that could have could have won it. Um, so congratulations to Sarah. But um, yeah, I think there I think there definitely were a few girls out there, Isabel Kelly being one, Jessica just being another that could have taken that out easily. Absolutely. Had it been up to me, I would have given it to Isabel Kelly, but I am certainly not going to say that 
Togatuki wasn't a well-deserved recipient. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, me and Jess can definitely agree on is this ugly, ugly incident that happened with Marcelo Montoya, which tonight we have confirmed he will be getting four-week ban um, for a homophobic slur that he did make. And a lot of people have spoken about that it may be too heavy-handed and the NRL is too, coming on too harshly. But unfortunately for Marcelo, I'm sure that, you know, he is remorseful for it and maybe he didn't mean it in the way that it, it came out. But we do need to stamp these things out, our game, and it's something that the NRL need to take a stance on um, 100% to make sure that no other player even thinks about doing some something like that, even if they have a bit of a brain fart moment where it just happens, it, it can't happen. It just cannot happen. And, uh, and four weeks shows that anybody else that does it, doesn't matter who you are, will be getting uh, a harsh fine for that. Absolutely. And I think it's important not just for the NRL, but I think that's also important because it sets an example early for what is expected in your clubs and your grassroots footy, which I think Correct. it's even more important there. Correct. I think it sets it sets the right precedent that we're that we're looking for. Again, I, I understand Marcelo would be and has been remorseful. We're not having a go on Marcelo at all. We're just having a, a go at what happened and that needs to be stamped out the game completely, completely. And this is the NRL's way of doing so. And I I agree with the NRL on this and I'm happy that they have come down, come down on that decision. Another topic from the weekend, probably a bit of a weird one. It was the streaker weekend in the NRL. I don't know how, how that wound up, but, you know, looking back in history, probably this weekend will be remembered as the streaker weekend. And there's been so many, the girl who got absolutely nailed by a security guard running onto the field and then in the Tigers game, there was first a guy came out with a flare onto the field and some sort of political agenda. And then another guy came on and he tackled the security guard. He hit the security guard. And to compare those two incidents, the girl running on the field who got hit, she came off and she said she would never think about pressing charges for too much you know, assault or whatever else crap that some people are talking about online. It was... She did the wrong thing. I think she was a little bit inebriated, like she knew she was doing the wrong thing and she got hit because they needed to get her off the field. We don't know what's going to happen. Will they attack a player? Will they attack something else? We don't know what's going to happen. So security did their job. I don't think there's anything else to that story. The flare story, dangerous, stupid. That guy should get a huge fine. Um, and never be allowed to attend an NRL game again because that puts the players at risk, that puts the game at risk, and that was not okay. And uh, with the guy hitting the security guard, he's lucky that the security guard um, isn't pressing charges on him because he ran onto the field, broke the law, went onto the field, and then tackled the security guard. That is assault. The security guard could take you down. That's his job. But for you to just out of the blue crash tackle somebody that is not okay and I, I think that the NRL this week will come out with a statement I don't quite know what Graham Ainsley said about it this week but um, the NRL needs to come out with a statement and, and start saying to fans 
we know you think it's funny, but it's not funny at all. And it's ruining our game. So basically what Ryan Asley said was he couldn't comment a lot on the specific incidences from a security perspective, purely because as it's the clubs who deal with security contractors, they needed to wait for the clubs to forward in their reports, but they have requested they do that. They have made it clear the NRL does intend to assist police with any charges that they wish to press, as well as saying that anyone that they can identify who does run the field will be permanently banned from all NRL matches. And I think also now that they have stopped showing people on camera like that, it just makes it even more useless. Yeah, what I do like what Graham Ainsley did say this week and what we have seen is the use of the integrity unit, the NRO integrity unit. Obviously, we spoke about the Marcelo Montoya incident that have looked at that, that have been across different incidents, you know, to do with um, other uh, off-field discrepancies that have happened. I do know now that Payne Haas um, and Albert Kelly have both been given a one-week suspension for their fight outside a casino, which somehow happened to be about scuffed shoes, if you'd believe it or not. Um, and th these kinds of stupid things are just... I, I think that although we see that come out and we think, oh, isn't that terrible, two players fighting on, you get two, you know, really... Um, at the top of their game, athletes, you put them outside, you put a bit of alcohol into them and and you see this biffing happening. It is just, it's horrible. It's a terrible look on the game. And I'm glad that they both got a week over it. But the NRL Integrity Unit is now doing much better at coming down on it, quicker, harsher, and hopefully stamping those type of things out the game. Yeah, absolutely. I personally don't think we should be putting anyone on a pedestal, let alone athletes. But I think the fact is a lot of young kids do. Yeah, and, and these guys have to realise that they're role models, even if they don't want to be a role model, they are a role model. Are they, and they can't be doing that type of thing. Would they be role models? Probably not, but they are. And no one well, can change that. No one yeah. can control who kids look up to. So the NRL has to do what they can to make sure that they do hold themselves with integrity and also yeah. be honest. I think the general public has a bit of a stereotype about NRL players that they are drunk and fights and stuff like that, which does need to really be challenged. Correct. And and it's and I and I say this, I know Payne Haas is one of the future great players of our game, no doubt. He is 19 years old, six foot four, 120 kilos. And the guy has a bit of form in this department. He has made some poor decisions in the past. And I believe he's young and he will learn from his mistakes, I hope. And I consider that for other incidents that have happened across the NRL. Um, from my own personal perspective, from a Tigers perspective, I just want to point out that while the club is in crisis, and, and I'm not pushing an agenda here. I'm just pushing that something needs to change at the Tigers. Michael Maguire is on thin ice with everybody. I don't know how long he's going to stay at that club. I can't see him seeing out this season considering the 0-5. But in and amongst all this, I mean, how often are you reading just terrible articles about the Tigers? Seriously. How often are you looking at your Facebook, Instagram, and just seeing all these 
whirlwind and all of that happens. And the CEO of the Tigers, Justin Pascoe, has now taken five weeks leave to go to Northern Territory hmm. during all of this. Something needs to change that club dramatically. And, you know, we, we are so lucky that in the coming week or... For some of the clubs that are struggling, I can at least see young stars and start to see how they see themselves long-term. I can't see that with the Tigers. Yeah, and... Uh, and so then let's move on to the men's done in another more exciting game for Manly, which was a 30-6 win over the Knights, which also proved that they can be a strong team without Jaboyev. Yeah, it did prove that. I mean, they are... They obviously were playing the Knights at home, which is always an impressive win. Um, the Knights, yeah, I, 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 they dropped off a little bit for me now, but um, they have been good, so it is a good win for Manly. It was also terrible conditions. It was pouring down with rain. Um, I, I, I think that Manly did show um, a lot of grit to get through that game and, and to still do well. Kalen Ponga, was very good for the Knights and uh, a shame to see an injury to Dominique Young as well for the Knights. But yeah, Manly were way too good on the, on the night for them. Um, Ruben Garrick filled into that fullback role. Great. Um, and Morgan Harper was pretty good. He, he needed a big game and he did come out and have that. And uh, Kieran Foran and Cherry Evans linked perfectly that game. So that gave them the edge and really they just, they blew them out. Yeah, I thought that was particularly impressed with Garrett coming in, trying to basically fill the shoes of one of the best players in the league. And he wasn't Wojcik, but he was more than adequate at fullback. Yeah, especially when they had named Cooler as well, and then Cooler got injured. Yeah, it was a bit difficult picking the side for Manly, but the side did work. And also, I think a number of the forwards also were really impressed this week. So let's move on to what was really big, exciting match of the round. It was the Warriors taking down the Cowboys in Golden Point. Yeah, this is an unlikely game to be such a favourite. Uh, Sean Johnson obviously capped off that game with the winning field goal. Uh, and it's so good to see Shawnee Johnson in Warriors colours again. I think everyone would agree on that. Um, but both teams actually had a very good game. Jesse Arthurs and Josh Curran. Uh, as well as Ewan Aitken were standouts probably for the Warriors. Very, very good. Reese Walsh uh, kicking was perfect. On the other hand, for the Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater had a very good game. So did Valentine Holmes. Uh, it, it was a very close game. There wasn't much in it at all. And it came down to a field goal in the end, which was uh, probably the right conclusion for that game. Yeah, it was a really good game. Really exciting. Both teams had players that played really well. Had the Cowboys kicked the field goal there, you couldn't have argued that they wouldn't have deserved it. And you also can't argue that the Warriors didn't deserve the win that they did get. Yeah. And so then our other Friday night game was also up in Brisbane, where the Broncos continued their inconsistency this season, losing to the Roosters. Uh, it's a bit harsh on the Broncos. I, I thought they played what was an excellent, excellent game for them. Um, they really, really did put in their role. I think they were just beaten by the better team who were able to come back uh, and, and, and win. Uh, Corey Oates was very good for the Broncos. 
uh, as was Adam Reynolds and, and Katoni Staggs. Uh, yeah, the Roosters just had too much. Joey Manu, again, was just such a, such a standout player. Um, Sam Walker's kicking as well was, was very good. And I think that Trent Robertson kind of summed it up well when he was asked if that was the way they wanted to win. When he kind of said in the press conference after, you know, teams that win the premiership need to know how to win from every position. They need to know how to, how to win when they're well in front. They know how, need to know how to win when it's tight and they need to know how to win when it's from behind. And this was just a from behind win that they had to grind out. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah, absolutely. And I will clarify, I have nothing against the Broncos. I I think this is a good Broncos side. I just haven't seen from them yet consistent winning performances that I would need to start saying I like them to be in the eight. Yeah, that's that's correct. But absolutely, I think at the best of what I've seen from the Broncos this season, they could make the eight, but I've also seen play from them that may not. And so then we move on to another regional stadium. We move down to Wagga Wagga, where the Storm, I feel like just cut paste everything we say about the Storm every week. They're really good at footy. They make everyone else look bad. Yeah, it, it, it is a bit like that for, for the Storm. I, I, the scary thing for me is looking at the Storm, there's still a bit of clunkiness about their team there. I mean, yeah, Jerome Hughes and then Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, obviously are having really, really great seasons, but there is something still clunky about them. And yeah, they're missing a few players, but there's still a lot of improvement left in that Storm squad. So to see them put on these huge scores that they are each and every week, even when they're maybe not even performing at their best is really scary. And it's a real warning to the rest of the league because I think they can really, they have a lot of improvement to do, and that's a scary thought. Yeah, absolutely. I think they're pretty easily genuine premiership contenders. I mean, they've been pretty much genuine premiership contenders since they've come into the comp. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think also, yeah, really helped Pappenhausen having another really good game. There's a reason that he is tied to the top of the Dalian points at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pappenhausen having an outstanding season. Hopefully, they'll continue. Yeah, absolutely. He's easily been one of the players that's impressed me most, and we already knew who was really good coming into this year. Back up to Sydney, which was Rabbits Dragons, which was the Rabbitohs coming back, almost back in the eight. Do you think they'll make it soon? I do think they'll make it soon before this game. <laughs> I thought they were going to make it soon before this game, and, and, and I do still believe they have that option. Um, but the biggest talking point out of this game is Latrell Mitchell has torn his hamstring officially and uh, will miss probably eight weeks of footy. And this is just, it's just such a blow for Souths. He is such a critical element to everything they do there. Um, it is such a big blow. It can't even be... Uh, really seen until the next few rounds until you really see what an impact he has on this team um with Latrell, I I feel bad for him considering he's just torn his hamstring but the amount of time that he spends on the top sideline compared to the amount of time that he actually plays it's, it's enormous 
for the Rapidos, this is where they need to recruit. Yes, Latrell is a, a, a key player and he's a marquee and he's a franchise player. That is correct. But when you consider Latrell's, you know, history of suspensions, history of injuries, current injuries of eight weeks, considering he'll also miss origin time as well, maybe not this year that much, but in normal seasons, you have to have somebody else there. You have to have another big name there. And that is Cameron Murray um, for them. But the, Cameron Murray is not, it, it, although he does so much work and he is the captain of that squad, there's only so much a lot can do. There needs to be one more key player there. Lachlan Ilias is so young and, and, and Cody Walker and him really haven't played that much footy together. They're just... There, there is something missing there, and I, I think that that's where Souths will struggle this season, especially now with the loss of um, Latrell. Yeah, absolutely. I think when he's on the field, Latrell is an absolutely incredible player, but he is a player that you have to prepare for there being a lot of time where he might not be on the field as well. Yeah, I, it, it's just one of those things, and, and the Dragons... Oh, I think it's a very um, underwhelming start to the year for them. Everyone probably agree with that. A few other teams, unfortunately, have pipped them for for being a bit worse. But the Dragons have been really poor to start the year. I I, I thought that they would kind of come into their own a little bit this season. They have a, a pretty good team, but yeah, something's missing there. And I. I understand Moses Embiid at fullback. He is probably the obvious replacement, but I don't know. Tyrell Sloan hasn't played that much NRL to drop him. I think he's still a very talented youngster, and I think he is still the future number one of that club. So I don't know. Some some decisions to be made in the coming week. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the benefit for the Dragons is that I think this season is a really tight season in regards to competitiveness. Yeah. That's for sure. Because I think you've got, I think we know that the Storm are good. I think we know that the Panthers are good and would be an absolute shock if they made, if they didn't make the eight. Yep. And I think it would be an absolute shock if the Bulldogs or the Tigers did make the eight. Yeah, there's no chance of that happening. But I think everyone else in the middle still has a legitimate shot in there. Yeah, I mean, the Eels and Roosters are still, and Sharks are probably the end couple for me in that in that eight, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, there are plenty of arguments why almost every team can make or miss the eight, which is also what just what you want out of the league. It's some exciting footy. Yeah. Speaking of the Eels, our next game was heading up to the Gold Coast where they did defeat the Titans 20-6. And would you agree that Clint Gutherson was really the star there? Uh, yeah, Kevin Cutherson definitely was the star of, of that game. I think he needed a, a good performance. He's been a little quiet this year. Um, yeah, Moses and Brown are just combining perfectly in, in the 5-8. This game was way too close for my liking for the Eels, and I think they they would agree with that and they would acknowledge that. It was way, way too close. But David Fafita was an absolute wrecking ball for the Titans as well, coming into his home, which was really, really good to see. Um, but, yeah, Moses and Brown and, and, and Gutherson, 
uh, and Marnie are just such a good spine that the Eels have this year that it really could take them almost all the way this year. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that spine. If you read our articles on Enter the Crowd, I picked the team of the week this week. I picked Drinkwater as my fullback in that team, but it was really, I was really weighing up for McDuffie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was. But yeah, also, how good was it to see some David Fader in the best? Yeah, as I said, he is just such a wrecking ball, and it was good to see him back in his in his flying best form. Yeah, absolutely. I love any big board that can just bulldoze his way through. Yeah. Final two games, which were the Sunday, were maybe, let's say, not the most competitive games. Yeah, no. I think the NRL was somewhat saved by having a good grand final. Yeah, it was. For me as a Tigers fan, not too much to say about this game other than it was just... I, I harp on about it each and every week that I'm on this podcast, but it is such a poor performance. It is... It's honestly, it's weak. It's weak performance. It's it's not good enough. It's not even near good enough. They didn't even look interested in this game. They had a consolation try in, in the last minute of the match. But uh, I know there's huge changes. And, I mean, three of the captains have been dropped for this week and uh, Brooks is to 5-8 and, and they're trying things out there. But I, I, I don't know what the answer is there anymore, unfortunately. It's... It's a club that is just spiralling out of control. And, I mean, I just can't don't see a worse team than them. And that's my team. And I don't see a worse team. I see them. They're 0-5 now. I don't know if they get a win until maybe around origin time, really, um, which is sad to see. Uh, for the Sharks, however, yeah, they're, they're, they're red hot this season. They are so good. Not to take anything away from the Sharks, uh, that they did play the Tigers, but yeah, uh, Ronaldo Molotalo looks great. Siasifar, Talakai, what plus, a wrecking ball he is. Plus, it wouldn't be this podcast without us mentioning at least once a week how good the move to bring Nico Hines into the Sharks was. Yeah, Nico Hines is just having an incredible season. Him and Matt Moylan, I think he's he's allowed Matt Moylan to really reach his bets. Uh, Britton Nakora as well, Dale Finucane coming into his own. It's, it's, it's a really, really good lineup and it's a really good team. And uh, I, I think that, they, that they'll that they make it deep into the competition this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've been a bit cautious about them. Are they the real deal or are they starting off hot? I think we're starting to see that they are a genuinely tough team this season. Yeah, yeah. And then our final game was... Probably closer than I expected, but that is, I mean, probably closer than I expected, but from the scoreline, you can tell that I didn't think highly of the Bulldogs. It was the Panthers taking down the Bulldogs 32 to 12. Yeah, for, for me, it's not not really. The Panthers still did it and did it very comfortably. They let in two sloppy tries. Yeah, uh, I, I guess so, but... Um, yeah, Nathan Cleary just steers that team around and he's only just coming back from an injury. Uh, Tylan May was very good again. Uh, Dylan Edwards was very good. Um, I think the Panthers, again, uh, are a team like the Storm where they, they are putting on these big 
big uh, victories, but this isn't even nearly as good as they can get. So that's scary to think, but it, it's true. They, they really aren't yet at their best. Um, so it's scary to think what they can be. But yeah, I also think that this is the sort of thing that the Panthers really need to start doing of racking up quite a lot of wins. Because let's be honest, when Origin come around, this team is going to be absolutely rated. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's for sure, and 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 they will have they will have a bit of time to work out those formations. Yeah, but I like, but yeah, one of the big things I really like about the Panthers is it's not as much a team that is the superstar and carries the team. Yes, Clear is a really good leader there but it's a really good system and a whole team as well. Yeah. So speaking of our superstars, I think starting this week, I think we should start talking about who our contenders for Dally M, stuff like that are, because we've had five weeks of comp. We know the voting so far where Yo and Pappenhausen are on the lead. Do you think that they are where they should be this season? Yes, definitely. Um, Yo has had a, you know, by Dalian performances, a, a, a pretty much perfect season so far. Um, Pappenhausen is very close to that as well. Um, I think that historically, other than a few slip-ups in history, I guess Tamalolo is one of them, forwards generally don't win the Dalian. And I can't see Isaiah Yo winning it this year, but... He has been very, very good, and as has Ryan Pappenhausen. So they're up there for a reason. But I think that Mitchell Moses is up there. Nico Hines is up there as well. And, and they're also going to be pushing for, for really standout years this year, uh, if not Dally M, because, you know, we're, we're seeing that a lot of the big stars in our game are not there. Trubojevic probably or definitely won't win it this year, considering his injuries. Uh, Latrell isn't going to win it this year considering he's out for eight weeks Cleary missed a lot of football at the start of the year it's going to be very hard for him to get back so uh, I think that we're going to see a, a definitely a new winner this year yeah and also that's exciting because it's always good to see either young players come in and succeed or someone like Pappenhausen who let's be honest has been at the absolute top of his game for a few years now and Quite frankly, it's a surprise from his talent that he hasn't got one. But yeah, I think Pappenhausen is the heavy favourite. I could see someone like Mr. Moses coming in and grabbing it, though, depending on we have plenty more footy to play this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have a slightly different schedule this week because of long weekend. So we will, but some things will be remain the same. We will still start with our normal Thursday night footy, which is the Cowboys and the Raiders? Um, for me, this one, yeah. It, I, I think the Raiders are tipped the favourites for this game, given that it is in Canberra. But I'm going to tip the Cowboys in this one. I think they've been all right this season so far, and I think that they can, that they can win against Canberra, unfortunately, for Canberra. Yeah, I agree. I think the Cowboys need a win soon to, to keep them in that eight and to keep them being talked about well. But... I can see Canberra getting the upset here. And so then we move to a game that's a lot earlier than our first Friday game is, but that will be 4pm for us on the East Coast. 
which is the Bunnies and the Bulldogs. Yeah, this is a good Friday clash. Uh, always at, at ANZ at the Corsari Stadium. Um, for me, it'll be weird, obviously, because considering we would have definitely had the Bunnies winning by a, a ton with Luttrell, even without Luttrell. I think the Bunnies are going to get this done and they're going to be too good for the Dogs who have looked really poor this year so far. Yeah, I think it's that simple. The Bunnies are a good team who I think are underrated by their wins and losses. And the Bulldogs are far from a good team. Yeah. And then our second matchup, we are down to Penrith, which probably will just be business as usual for the Panthers as they presumably take down the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, they're such... The crazy odds that they're there they're to win is, is is amazing. Kind of, they're... I think they're at five or something like that to win, which is crazy to think the Panthers are going to get this done so easily. I just think they're going to run over the top of the Broncos. I think the Broncos have had some fight with them. But, yeah, at, at Penrith Stadium, I can't see this going any other way. Yeah, absolutely. I think... The upset could be brought up a bit if it was in Suncorp, but it's not. Yeah. So we move to Manly, still trying to show that they are a top eight team. Has that been taking on the Titans? Yeah, I, I think, again, this is going to be Manly's win because of the, the location of the game um, at Brookvale. Uh, it will be most likely a win for them, I'm tipping. Uh, I don't see the Titans getting it done, even though they were impressive last week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a Manly fan and I think this is a situation where it's a fairly reasonable tip to tip my own team. Yeah. So moving down to Melbourne, which is going to be one of the big headline matches of the week, it's the Shark versus the Storm. Yeah, this is going to be a huge game because it's really going to show us a lot uh, about the Sharks. Uh, It's going to show us whether their team is really a top team this year. And I, I look forward to watching this game a lot. Um, I think Storm will get it done, given they are the Storm. But I, yeah, I don't know. Cronulla are um, not even in the conversation to win it for a lot of people. But I don't know. I wouldn't write off those Sharkies quite just yet. No, I think it's hard to write. Kind of, yeah, I think in some ways... The moment you see Amy Park as the venue, your tip should automatically be Melbourne. Yeah. But I also think the Sharks are a good team. And I think if they can not even win, if they can keep it a really tight competitive game, they have proven that they could be a top four contender. Yeah. So move to another two teams who are also in the top eight. I'll be interested to see if the Warriors can stick there though. It's the Roosters and the Warriors. Yeah, this is not uh, even a question for me. It's the Roosters. They they looked too good last week and they're really starting to come into their own. Um, so for me, this will definitely be a win to the Roosters. And I, I, I think it's going to be by a lot, actually. I think this is going to be one of the blowout games of the round. Yeah, absolutely. I think Titans have looked good the past few weeks, but not great. The Roosters are... A really good setup, and I think they can get it done. Yeah. So then our second Sunday game will be down in Wollongong, which will be the Knights, who have fallen a fair way down the ladder now, taking on the Dragons. 
yeah, the Knights um, have fallen off a little bit. Um, this game could go either way for me. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised um, either way. I think that the Dragons do go into it as favourites because of the location, again, Wollongong. But I, I like the Knights here. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Knights for the upset. Yeah, I'm going to go Dragons, I think. I mean, I'm going to go Dragons, I think. Being in Wollongong always helps. And I've liked what I've seen, and I think they can get some wins out. Yeah. And so then our final game, which is a good old Monday night footy, or more Monday afternoon footy, but it's the Eels-Tigers. Which one are you going to take here? Because I know who I'm taking. Yeah, this is the traditional Easter Monday clash always, um, which has been at Combank Stadium. Traditionally, it's always a great game to go to because of the atmosphere. Easter Monday, everyone's off work. A lot of people get out to the footy, hopefully. Um, Eels won by quite a lot last year, I know. And you'd probably be expecting that again, unfortunately, against my helpless Tigers. So, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the Tigers are going to have to get out there and anything but a huge blowout is good for them. If they don't get blown off the park, then that's good. If they keep the scoreline relatively okay, then, then that's a win for the Tigers. Otherwise, I just see the Eels dominating here. Yeah, it's always a good weekend. The long weekend always provides plenty of sport, whichever of the major Australian sports you follow, but I think NRL always does a great job. Yeah. So I think with that, it's a good place to wrap up for the week. Just a reminder that we will also be having a NRL Women's Season Recap Special coming out also this week. But Elliot, how can people find you on the socials? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter or on Instagram at Elliot underscore Vesely. That's at E-L-L-I-O-T underscore V-E-S-E-R-Y. And you can find me at underscore Jessica Ross. That is underscore J-E-S-S-I-K-A. You can find the Mates of Origin accounts at Mates of Origin on both Twitter and Instagram. And we are part of the Edge to Crowd Network where you can read our stories on rugby league and a whole bunch of other sport, culture and politics stuff on edgeofthecrowd.com and on socials at Edge of the Crowd.